is the modern dating environment for Christian singles really a dry and crusty wasteland? And can we really describe Christian singles as old boys and stuck-up girls? Today we're going to be going over some clips from previous podcast episodes where I had asked couples what have they seen or heard from the modern dating environment for Christian singles, and we're going to be exploring some of the similarities in their responses. Now, off the bat, one of the first things that I noticed is that so many of the couples, if not all of them, had something to say about the lack of options Christian singles have today when it comes to finding a spouse. For some reason, in uh, a lot of Christian churches maybe, hmm. there's a lot of hardship getting people to, to meet each other and date with each other. And then in the world, of course, it's the opposite. There's too much eagerness. and Yeah, I think a lot of what you see in the church today is just a lot of young singles, at least in our church, I'll say, like a lot of young singles and none of them are talking to each other or dating each other. Do and modern Christian of... singles still date? I mean, I see a lot of old, single, bitter women in my circles that don't seem to be doing much dating. Is that why people are not dating? Is because all of the women are old, single, and bitter? Well, maybe. But why are they old and bitter and why are they not dating anybody all of the young women i've talked to have said you know it's just really hard to find a guy um that you know maybe meets their standards okay so these women are getting old and they're bitter and they're still single and they're bitter because they're still single because they can't find a quality man and so they're not dating anybody because there's nobody that meets their standards that they would deem worthy of, of dating or anybody that they would consider marriage material. Okay, that's fair. Um, so what's going on with these men that they're not, you know, it's not like the men don't exist, but, you know, because men are 50% of the population, but there's no quality men out there so what's what's wrong with these men women don't give guys a chance because there's they don't have a spark or they aren't physically attracted to the man so these women are not giving guys chances because these guys don't generate some sort of spark with the women and these guys are not physically attractive so they exist these guys exist and so it's not like there's a lack of men in general, but there's there's not enough men that generate a spark or they're physically attractive. So why would women deem these things as so important that they would even be considered deal breakers to the point where they wouldn't give a guy a chance? They wouldn't even say go on a first date with him. Now Liz and I recently watched a movie, Sleepless in Seattle, which is a dumb movie. We both agreed. <laughs> it's an old one. But it, it's kind of the same deal. Like they were looking for that magic moment. And I feel like people are just like stuck in that. I was making you mad. It was making me mad. I'm like that's stupid. Okay. So these women are frustrated 
because they can't find men that generate this spark. And seemingly, these women are stuck in this frame of mind that they need to find a man that that simulates the sort of experience for them that they would see in a in a romance movie and so these women they're not finding any guy that's uh, sort of a fabio kind of figure that can sweep them off their feet and that is why that they're they're not giving guys a chance because well there might be guys around there uh, around them and maybe these guys are not physically attractive that that was another thing that that came into play maybe physical attractiveness can help generate a spark but um yeah so that does bring up the question um what 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 does it take to to generate a spark so to say and you know what what is wrong with these men that are seemingly around these women but are not given a chance what is wrong with these men that they're not able to generate this sort of spark for women do you know what i see in a lot of young men especially christian young men number one i see not a lot of purpose i think it's important for a man to be going somewhere for a woman to want to go after that Um, a man's designed to lead and a woman's designed to help him in what his mission is and I, I'm, I, I think I've seen a lot of desperation in men which is not a good look <laughs> okay so two things one is that men are lacking purpose they're not going anywhere and two they are desperate and both of those things are unattractive to women Oh, also, there's a third thing. The men are also physically unattractive. So those three things, that they are desperate men, lacking purpose, and they're ugly, those things, three things combined is why women are, they're, they're not finding some sort of spark with these guys. Maybe, maybe that's, those are the issues. And, you know, those are, I guess I would say those are pretty big things. Men should have some sort of purpose. They should be um, not in a place of desperation. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's desperate. And um, and they should take care of themselves. I feel like those are, are reasonable. But, you know, a lot of people are saying that those, uh, that the women still have unreasonable standards. You know, they have this big idea of a financially stable, handsome, capable man who, you know, has a huge amount of initiative and also is taller than six feet. Okay. So it sounds like there are some other things, some extra things that these women want in men that are a bit more than just wanting a guy with say a purpose takes care of himself and um what was the other thing is not desperate it sounds like they're they're actually wanting something better than that they you know they want a guy that's over six foot tall and doing very well financially like so so maybe there's 
there there is some extra qualifications that these women want and these men and these men are not able to hit those marks because those marks are so high one struggle that i have seen is that people are looking for the perfect person mm -hmm. they're looking for the person who is gonna like be 10 out of 10 in like every box 10 out of 10 on every box that's what people want so if you created a list of what your ideal spouse would be like and each item on the list had a one through 10 ranking system, you want that person to hit 10 on every single item for you to consider them for marriage, for you to consider them to even go on a, say a first date so why are why are these expectations so high? Why why do we have these standards that people would create these lists and you know instead of wanting just a man that takes care of himself, has some sort of direction with his life, why why are the standards way above that for for these women? I don't know. I don't know why that's happening. I don't know if it's because our culture is becoming much more visual with like social media in the last few years. And if there's more like want for like a perfect person. Social media, is that having an impact on our lists that we create when we're putting together what our ideal spouse should be like? Are we looking at social media and these influencers on say Instagram that have perfectly chiseled abs and are rich and live in a, you know, a mansion and drive a nice car. And, uh, you know, they, they always post their, you know, morning Bible, reading coffee posts on Instagram. And, uh, you know, we're, we're thinking that that's the kind of person that we want to marry. Well, the, yeah, I mean, if you, if you get on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and you're seeing that stuff all the time, you might get the impression that that's something that you could have, that that's something within reach. And also you've got these dating apps where you sign up on like Upward, a Christian dating app, and you're presented thousands of people in your area. And, you know, all you're doing on this app is you're swiping left and right you swipe left if you don't like a person. You swipe right if you like a person. And you've got so many options that, you know, say you've got a thousand options and you don't like one person, you just swipe left on them and you've got 999 other options for you to choose from. So that, you know, that, that creates sort of a, a dynamic there where you're going to keep denying people in your area, denying people that could be potential uh, husband or wife material because you're 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 waiting for that one person that that seems to get 10 out of 10 on all your boxes. And I I, I don't think that's reasonable, but uh, you know, aside from social media, you know, there's a lot of people that maybe are not on social media 
and they're still experiencing these problems with not being able to find a, a quality, you know, husband or a quality wife. And so, um, some of the other people that I interviewed on this podcast said that there was maybe another reason, maybe in addition or or an entirely unrelated reason for why people have such high standards. Because the girls would be like, I don't know if I want to get to know this guy because that might mean that I'm pledging to marry him, you know, mm. and it shouldn't be so high stress like that. Like yeah. you need some way to get to know someone without it being like, oh, yeah. you know, she's going to put a ring on it. Not yet, yeah. you know. Now, this is something that I've seen in Christian circles pretty much across the board where there's this high intensity placed on getting to know somebody of the opposite sex where it's basically marriage or bust and you know for good reason a lot of christians have adopted this because they're looking at the world and how the world operates where you know men and women might sleep together the first day that they that they meet and and then they'll cohabitate and they'll basically live like a married couple without getting married and so christians want to push back against that culture and do things according to god's word I, you know i i hope that's what their motivation is and, and i think a lot of them are and but in, in an attempt to to do that the interactions between men and women has become so high stakes, so high pressure that you you must consider somebody worthy of marriage before you would even consider getting to know them. And then what that does is, you know, you've got your checklist. Well, how, how do you know you want to get to know somebody if they don't they don't fit the checklist if they're not hitting 10 out of 10 on all your boxes why would why would you get to know this person because the the instant you try and get to know them well that you're taking steps toward marriage well i know that does kind of seem absurd but that that's the reality of the situation i think a lot of people are feeling that pressure where they wouldn't even go out on, on a first date with somebody without them checking most of the boxes and the boxes that are unchecked they just they need to figure that stuff out and so you, a lot of these first dates yeah, are kind of like interviews and again it's it's not that christians shouldn't take the interactions between men and women seriously and you know but perhaps there's a different approach because uh, as it seems from what we've explored in this episode christian men and women are not getting married they're getting old and they're they're still single and they're bitter about it so perhaps there is a different approach and um i'm gonna play a quote here from emily weiss who makes a great point as to why maybe the standards should be adjusted 
but I remember giving advice one time to um, a young woman who was in the beginning of a dating relationship and her conundrum was this guy is nice, but he's not what I had ever imagined I would marry. Not the kind of person I'd ever imagined I could marry. And I remember telling her that it's up to her whether she continues with the relationship or not. And, but she's going to bear if, if she doesn't pursue this relationship with a person who is a, a a reasonably good match for her, she may have the possibility of there may not be somebody else. Um, or there may not, you know, it may, you may be waiting a much longer time. Um, so you can make that decision. You can make that decision of, um, do I keep waiting for somebody else to come along who may check more of those boxes or I may, you know, have more chemistry with, but especially from what I understand of the environment that we're in mm-hmm. right now, especially with Christian culture in general, you don't, you can't make too many of those bets that yeah. I can, maybe the next person will be the right person. I think that's a great point that we have this idea, especially with social media to bring that up again. We have this idea that, you know, if we deny one person, the right person's just around the corner. So we have this limited perspective of things where, you know, we don't know what our options are. We don't know what the future holds. We think we're young, we have unlimited options, and we also can be very prideful and we think that we're a, we're a top candidate for marriage and it's everybody else's problem. And maybe we need to see things more rightly. Maybe we need to take things in perspective. If the dating market is really bad, as plenty of people say that it is, that doesn't mean we settle, but perhaps it means we are a bit more sober-minded when it comes to choosing a, a spouse. And sure, you can have your high standards, and you can keep those, but you have to understand the consequences that are attached to that and that you might be waiting longer for for somebody now now i think there is a a solution and a lot of the couples that i've interviewed on this podcast offer great solutions you know plenty of the people that i've interviewed did not have a spark when they first started talking the relationship developed over time and i think that's something to one one if you haven't listened to those episodes i i recommend listening to those episodes and hearing those stories the stories of uh, Zach and Catherine stories of Tom and Sheila story of uh Wes and Liz those are a few that come to mind off the top of my head but a lot of times the relationship between the man and the woman that built over time as these people got to know each other. It wasn't sort of this scene from a romance movie 
where sparks were flying and just everything was perfect. No. These people had to get to know each other in real environments and they had to ask that question. Is this somebody that, you know, is the perfect person or is this somebody that would make a good spouse in the long term and maybe I should entertain the thought and and get to know them. So I'm going to play some clips from people that are married and have some just wonderful advice uh, about going about this where maybe you don't have to settle. You you don't have to settle for, for less, but maybe consider these other points when it comes to, you know, choosing somebody to marry and um, they, they might give you some helpful guidance in the future instead of having this enormous checklist where everything needs to be uh, marked 10 out of 10 before you consider somebody. Consider these points. I'm going to start off with Tom and Sheila. Relax. Um, it's okay to, to have a friend. Um, and you don't need to, if, if a guy asks one of my girls out, it doesn't have to be a thing. It can be, we're going to go out four or five times and, and evaluate. Okay. We've been out a few times. Is, do we see this going anywhere? Sheila says, relax, go out on a few dates with a person, get to know them. That doesn't mean that you're committing to anything. It means that you're just wanting to learn more about this person and so there's some sort of intentionality behind it. It's not like you're acting like the world and just dating for fun and, you know, dating to enjoy the benefits of married life without getting married. That's not what she's saying. She's saying perhaps, you know, it takes a few dates to get to know somebody and it might be worth it. It might be worth going on those few dates because maybe that's a really good person for you and it takes a few few dates to to learn that or maybe it takes a few dates to realize this is a terrible person for you but having such high pressure where you wouldn't even consider the person unless they mark all your boxes removes that opportunity i'm going to play another clip from heidi from the episode bryce and heidi and she suggests something similar along the same vein be willing to like date someone who might not be your type and like on paper mm, mm-hmm. that's what i he was not my type on paper at all i loved his sense of humor but he's not the kind of guy i have dated try something new mm-hmm. try something new maybe go out with somebody get to know somebody that you would have never considered as somebody you would marry. And I'm not talking about, you know, go out and date a terrible person. Uh, that's not what she's saying. But perhaps uh, somebody doesn't watch the same movies as you or doesn't read the same books or they have a different background or there's things that are on your checklist that, oh, they, they must go to the gym every day or, you know, they must play an instrument. 
maybe maybe those things need to come off the checklist and you you know you might go out with somebody that uh, you say you really wanted to date a musician you really wanted to marry a musician and then you decide you know you're going to go out with a guy that's not a musician and you might discover oh well i i'd have nothing to talk about or or you know or you might discover oh you, you actually get along with this guy and you know maybe there is something there maybe you don't need to marry a musician again when you have these checklists and you won't consider somebody for marriage because you have this idea in your head of what your ideal spouse needs to be like, you severely limit what could be something beautiful. There's there's so many couples that I've interviewed where they didn't have the exact same interests. They didn't have the exact same personality, uh, exact same friend group, um, you know, Again, listen to an episode like like Wes and Liz. They they didn't have a lot in common. I believe that episode's title is they didn't have anything in common. You know, consider those stories and consider that you know if somebody is a believer and they're pursuing Christ and. That, that is somebody that would be a great partner for you in, in life, in, in other areas, um, you know, leading you closer to God. You know, maybe maybe toss out the, the requirement for them being six foot or something like that. You know, date, consider somebody that's, that's not your type. And uh, I've got one last piece of advice from John Weiss, from the episode John and Emily. And uh, this is something to consider when, you know, you're, you're, you know, say you've got certain options and somebody just, you know, oh, they're, they're good in all these areas, but oh, these areas, they, they really need to work on these things. Here's some advice from, from John Weiss on what to do in, in that situation. You know, some advice that I've heard, which I think is good, is to try to catch people on their way up. So when we hire at work for engineers, we care much more about their trajectory than their position. So there are some engineers who they've, you know, they've made it a few years into their career and you can tell they're not learning anymore. They're not aggressively adopting new technology, etc. And that is while that person could do the job now, they can't do the job three years from now, five years from now. So I think the same holds for, for looking for a spouse. You want to find someone, even if they don't have a back, like let's say they have a background where there's some things that are not ideal in their past, you know, maybe, uh, maybe sex before marriage, maybe a divorce. Uh, those things are complicated and have to be considered each in their own circumstance. But what's way more important than what they've already attained to is where they are going. So if you find someone who is trending in a very positive and healthy direction, 
they just because they don't hit all your criteria yet doesn't mean you should count them out because if you you know get hitched up with them you can now help them achieve those things together i think that's just wonderful advice catch somebody on their way up look at the trajectory that their life is going toward and join them as they seek to improve and that's something that we we're taught all of our lives is you want to marry somebody you know, as christians uh, we're, we're taught this you want to marry somebody that is pursuing christ and i think we forget that i think often we just think that christian being a christian is like the baseline for choosing a spouse and we don't consider it as important as as we ought to we think oh yeah they have to be a christian and then they have to meet all of this other criteria in addition to that well yes and no you know you've got a lot of people that they start off as a christian and they become apostate because you know they, they they were born into it and and then they fall away wouldn't it be much better to marry somebody that comes from a bad background and reforms and and seeks to honor god and and pursue him rather than somebody who just has lived their life going through the motions and then you know Things get tough, and then they fall away someday. You know, that that's something to consider. And then something also we need to consider is that there are no perfect people. And when it comes to choosing a spouse, and, and our number one goal is in, in life as Christians is to be like Christ. Didn't Christ come to this earth? Didn't he condescend to this earth, being God himself, to come to sinful people and minister to them? And then he died on a cross to pay for the sins of these sinful people. He showed us grace. And we think that we don't have to show grace to others, that if we're going to choose a spouse, that person has to be perfect. And I don't think we think this consciously. I think we all understand that people are flawed, but we want them to be flawed in the way that we want them to be. So we'll accept certain flaws, but only if they... Uh, those are flaws that are are not covered by the by the checklist and when we live that way you know Christ does does Christ want us to sin against him only in in the way in, in which he deems uh, you know proper no he, he wants all sin gone from us but but you know 
the way to deal with that is that he humbled himself being God come and he came to us and showed love toward us and perhaps we we need to take that approach when it comes to finding a, a spouse is you know can you find somebody that you can show grace toward somebody that maybe they don't hit all your boxes and because of that that's somebody you need to you need to show grace toward that doesn't mean that you you settle and you just go for some outright uh, wicked person again what's the trajectory of this person do they repent do they ask for forgiveness are they seeking to to better themselves you know, look at your options. Do you want to grow old and be bitter and single for way longer than than you'd like to be? Or would you like to get married and, and have the benefits of marriage? And would you like to have a family? Well, then maybe you need to consider the options that are that you have available consider you know your yourself and you know don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to and look for somebody that they're on a good trajectory and that's the kind of person that will point you toward Christ that that's the kind of person that you can show grace toward that's the kind of person that will build you up and that's the kind of person that will just make a, a great life partner. You know, for men, uh, a woman that can help you. And for women, look for a man that will lead you toward Christ. That doesn't mean the person has to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect. But it does mean that we need to have our priorities straight.